Hello, and welcome to Healing the Word. I am Sandra D., a certified domestic violence counselor, survivor of domestic violence, and your host. Healing Through Words is a weekly Christian forum to address abuse and domestic violence. It is created to edify those who went through abuse, affected by abuse, or know someone going through abuse and domestic violence. It is also to inspire the brokenhearted, to remind them that God wants to make them whole. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your journey to healing. It's all about you in 2022. And for the year of 2022, we are focused on knowing your identity, who you are. It's understanding that you matter and you have a purpose. Our last topic was identity, abandonment, overcoming the fear of love. Today's topic is, listen, there's pain behind my words. When you hear the words broken, wounded, crushed, afflicted, oppressed, stricken, and pierced, what do you think of? Well, those words might describe someone who is abused or the abuser. Both are broken, both are wounded, and both are in pain. But where do those feelings really come from? From the outside or from within? You see, feelings can be deceiving, but they don't but they can also be truth. I ask again, where do feelings of brokenness and crush come from? I can take a guess. Our past. Our past might seem to have power, but it has as much power as you give it. I am going to share some stories of women who did not let their past dictate their present or their future. They used their pain to lead and guide others onto their journey of healing. The first story is about a woman named Angie. Angie stated, In my case, it started as verbal abuse. I know my partner for 20 years and he was a good person. However, he started changing in 2015 after his mother died. He bought several guns, including a machete and a gunshot and a shotgun. We broke up but started to work things out again. When one morning we had a disagreement, I was in the bathtub when he came in and shot me. I can only remember the last two gunshots. I looked at him and he said, Look, you made me do this, Angie. You made me shoot you. I felt as though I was dying. I didn't realize he shot me in the back and I was already paralyzed. I told the female paramedic, Please don't let me die. I have four children to raise. I spent three weeks in the hospital. During that time, around 400 people came to visit me. That's when I realized I had a message I wanted to share. Since then, I've been doing a lot of public speaking about gun violence, gun control, domestic violence, and mental health. If people are willing to listen, I want to talk about the things that matter. This story is about Elizabeth. Elizabeth stated, his behavior changed rapidly. I know I should have recognized it, but when you're inside a situation, it's hard to see that perspective. 
One day, my daughter called crying, saying my ex had threatened to hit her in the head with a hammer. I called the police and they removed her from the house and I got a restraining order the next day. After a month, I went to the judge and I asked him to rescind the order because I couldn't imagine this man hurting us. However, on January 13th, my whole life changed. When my ex entered the house, my daughter was awake. I heard argument. I went. I came to the living room area and tried to calm her down. Her eyes were wide with fear. She could see him approaching with a gun. When I turned around, shots rang. I dialed 911. I couldn't talk because my face was, was shot up, but they traced the call home. The police and medic, medical team came. I'd heard a police officer say, oh, this is just a domestic violence case and was just five feet from where I was fighting for my life and where my child lay dead. There was nothing just about it. My entire face was reconstructed because the bullets tore it apart. I was in a coma for almost a month. When I woke up, I was hit with the reality of the situation of my daughter's death. I went to therapy to learn to use my muscles, but a lot of it they couldn't fix. I couldn't blow my nose. My lips are still numb. And when I'm eating and drinking, I don't know if something is hot until I get a blister. It's been a struggle. But I choose to talk to women who dated my ex and they mentioned he was vibing with them. If I have known he was abusive with other women, I would not have made him part of my life. Domestic violence is such a personal issue and it's a secret. We must get people to understand that they are not alone and they're not by themselves. This story is about Tawana. Tawana stated, I was a sophomore in college. I fell in love with a wonderful guy, my Prince Charming. It was the perfect relationship until one day I felt his hand on my face. He said, bitch, if you had kept your mouth closed, it wouldn't have happened. From that moment, my life was turned upside down. I was mentally, emotionally, and sexually abused. He degraded me. He talked about me being overweight and then stripped me of all my power. I began to question my self-worth, self-confidence, and my true purpose in life. I thought of committing suicide many times. It was the way out for me. I told no one in the beginning. I was too embarrassed and ashamed to share what I was going through. My family and friends adored him. He isolated me from support systems, those who loved and cared for me dearly. Lines of communication with family and friends were limited. He monitored my every move. Eventually, I built up enough courage and strength to tell a relative. She said, I believe you. You deserve better. What can I do to help? I left and went to live with her for a while. But my abuser convinced me to return to him. He swore that he would seek counseling and anger management, but he never did. He said all the right things to get me back into his possession. I've, I believed him with all my heart, and I gave him another chance. Change never came. 
One day, he put his hands around my neck and began to strangle me. It was like he was possessed. He said to me, I will kill you if you ever leave me again. I saw myself dying at his hands. I went to bed that night and prayed. I heard this soft-spoken voice in my ear, and I knew it was God's voice. The next morning, I woke up and the voice said to me, Today's the day you leave. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I told him I was leaving for work and gave him a kiss goodbye. I hid behind the building across from our apartments. And when I saw him get into his car, I returned to the apartments and gathered all my things. I never went back. That was the scariest time in my life. Starting over without him was very challenging, but I pressed forward, determined to live again. I got busy volunteering at a local shelter and speaking against domestic violence. I began dating again and returned to the university. I had opportunities to share my story with young women at an event remembering those who had lost their lives due to domestic violence. That night, my story impacted several women, and I realized my story could inspire me. Still, so much work to be done, and we can make an impact as a team. One person can't do this alone. It takes many hands and many voices to do this work. This story is about Kirby. I met someone in high school, and we started dating. I got pregnant three months before graduating and moved in with him. The first time he put his hands on me was while I was pregnant. I wanted my daughter to have a father, so I stayed with him. The violence progressed. It was sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. No one knew what went on behind closed doors. He treated me like I was his property. I got my first restraining order after he showed up at my apartment, threw me around, and choked me. I got another one four years later. But I ended up dropping it because I didn't have anyone to represent me and I was afraid of his threats. In June 2017, I woke up to him sexually assaulting me in my bed. I stood up for myself and told him that he was doing what he was doing was rape. He told me he would show me what rape looked like. He threw me on the bed and I swung at him and bit him hard. He got up on top of me and strangled me. My daughter came and yelled at him, stop! I called the police. They treated me like I was delusional, historical, and uncorroborative person because I didn't want to repeat what I had already said four times in front of different men. The police report stated I refused to write a statement, but I was never asked to write one. They told me I decided I needed to decide if I wanted to press charges of breaking and entering or if I wanted them to call whoever does rape kits. One police officer told my daughter, talked to my daughter, then told my husband he is going to be arrested for domestic abuse and battery by strangulation based on her statement. They told me, just sign the paper, ma'am. I'm done handling you with kid gloves. I met with my counselor and had Child Protective Services called on me for allowing my children to see spousal abuse. I was instructed to get a protective order for me and my kids. At the hearing, he was granted supervised visitation and required to take a 26-week family violence intervention class. He was arrested four times while he was taking that class, but he still got his certificate. 
After that, he decided to file for sole custody of the kids. The closer it got to the trial, the more I feel that he would kill me and my kids and flee to another country because he owns several loaded guns. This story is about Brandy. We were married at 18, had three beautiful children and stayed together for nearly 15 years. I did not realize I was in an abusive marriage. After we divorced, he always knew where I was. Once my co-worker texted me and said he's down the streets just sitting in his car. The police escorted me back to my office. I took out a, a protective order against my ex. A couple of weeks later, he left a severed leg of a pig in our boy's diaper bag with a note saying that the boys wanted it as a souvenir. He had gone hunting and cut off the leg. There was blood all over it. Even with the protective order in place, he stalked and harassed me. I was too scared to call the police. He barged into my house and threatened to kill himself and to kill other people. I had entered a new relationship by now, but that just made things ten times worse. Those few years after leaving were hell, and I was unaware that I could renew my protective order, so it expired. After getting remarried and divorced twice, my ex got engaged again. His new fiancé filed for a protective order because he was abusing her and he scared her and she was scared for her life. She asked me if I would go to the hearing to testify about past abuse. She had approached his second and third wives as well. So we came together and took a united stand. My ex had been acting aggressively towards my kids for years. Judging from the escalating violence with other women, I knew that my children needed protection. I filed for sole custody. It was traumatic going through it all over again, but the judge ruled in my favor and now I have sole custody of my kids in a permanent protective order for us all. Since then, Brandy is co-founder of Voices of Acadian. Their mission is to advocate for victims of domestic violence by actively working towards systems change, educating and raising awareness around domestic violence and survival outreach to break the generational cycle of abuse. Brandy stated, Using my voice to break the silence against domestic violence was difficult, but getting my life back was worth it all. My friend, each one of these women put a face on their pain. They put their pain into words and now they're telling their story as they heal. You, my friend, can heal too. You're not alone. Jesus was broken, wounded, crushed, afflicted, oppressed, stricken, and pierced. Except it was by choice. It was for you and it was for me. He was willingly abused because he wanted everyone who's been broken, everyone whose will, confidence, security, and joy was taken to know that they are not alone and that they have a friend who knows how they feel and who cares enough to do something about it. That's why Matthew, the 11th chapter, the 28th verse states, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. God is listening. He sees the pain behind your words. He wants a relationship with you and help you find your identity in him and no other. 
All he asks is that you accept him into your life and give him full control. Not the control of the abuser, but a gentle control that leads to eternal life, peace, and joy. I like to close my podcast with words of affirmation. There is power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, and using your authentic voice. Hidden Through Words would love to hear your story of how you overcame abuse and is now a thriver, not just a survivor. If you would like to be a guest and share, please visit my website at Healing Through Words or email me at healingthroughwordsorg at gmail.com. Through is spelled T-H-R-U. Here are some domestic violence services to help you on your healing journey. National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-7233 or Women Against Abuse, 1-866-723-3014. I'd like to close by thanking Trey Z for providing my opening music, Last Night Dreams. I do not hold the copyrights. Thank you again. God bless you, and I'll see you next Saturday.